0: What is the scenario?
1: Uh, I think it's what we make it, you know?
0: <laughs> I wish that was true. Oh my God, I wish that was true. The scenario tends to be a combination of what life throws at you and then how you, I guess, deal with it. Uh, or what you yes. make of it.
1: Yes, you can make uh, lemonade out of lemons, so to speak.
0: Yeah, or um, seep water into a dead laptop. You can do that too.
1: Yeah. <laughs>
0: Update for longtime fans of the Just Enough Trope podcast. The Beast is dead. Yep. Or is at least on life support. Mm-hmm. Um, and environmental uh, damage killed the Beast. Yes. Or at least put it in a coma. Um, the show laptop was a victim of a burst pipe in our uh, place, and it's uh, or over at the studio, I guess. And yep. it's been a problem um, repeatedly, but it's never been a problem Directly over the recording bay. Right. And so, <laughs> so I got into the studio to do a little work and noticed uh, standing water, you know, around the laptop and was like, oh, okay, well, bad news.
1: That's, you know, the worst thing you could possibly come upon, I think, in the studio. If
0: you uh, run a podcast network off a a laptop. Yeah. 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 Uh, the good news is uh, thanks to um, some money that we've got coming in and thanks to the generous contributions of patrons on the Patreons for Just Enough Trope Mm -hmm. and Enterprising Individuals, uh, we are able to afford new equipment for the show and a new show laptop. Yes. Ironically purchased about 18 hours before this happened. I know. So it all works out. Yes. I'm not a believer in like mysticism or fate or destiny necessarily, but sometimes things work out pretty good.
1: Yeah. um, This just happened to be one of those things. I mean, it would have been more perfect if the new laptop had already arrived but yeah. it was already on order so um yeah
0: that's why we're kind of doing a gorilla today because yes. uh we are lacking in equipment But yes. uh, the show's still going to get out to you uh the fans the listeners and this is a great i think object lesson example of what your contributions can do for the show mm-hmm. because we have contributors and patrons to just enough trope and to enterprising individuals, uh, we have funds in order to keep ourselves on the air and to repair damage like this. Right. So that's if, why
1: it's so important to. Um, well,
0: just, I was just about to. Okay, go ahead. The pitch, yeah, so. here you go. <laughs> but I mean, no, I, I think you're about to say the same thing. Yeah. Uh, if you are interested in helping us uh, and keeping us on the air, mm-hmm. uh, you can go to patreon.com forward slash just enough trope or patreon.com forward slash enterprising individuals. Uh, right. The enterprising individuals one, that's the start. Trek show, of course, yes, is a little more buffed out. Uh, So if you want to start there, that's fine. Uh, This summer, uh, as we go through con season, we are planning on completely revolutionizing the patron side of Just Enough Trope and providing a lot of extra content for patrons and special shows. Uh, Mm -hmm. You'll have access to our Backlog, our catalog of shows. Right. Uh, you can hear uh, young, squeaky-voiced <laughs> Caliban and Mikanhana talking about God knows what.
1: That's right. And
0: other uh, other uh, pieces of material there. So, uh, yeah, just check those out. And thanks if you've already contributed because it's been a lot of help. Yeah. I said I didn't believe in mysticism or fate. Is karma the same thing as, as fate or mysticism?
1: I think it's a, a different beast. Um, oh. So I, you know... Well, like I guess I think of karma kind of in a similar way. Like in the movie The Craft, for example, oh my God. they they talk about how <laughs> whatever you send out in the world comes back to you times three. Uh, so that's kind of like a Wiccan the power leaf. of three, right? But but I do kind of feel like karma is somewhat similar. You know, like. Whatever you send out in the world, it comes back to you. Although I do think that sometimes karma is a quote unquote bitch and gives you something that you don't deserve. For instance, water on your laptop. I don't think that you deserve that, Cal. So uh... yeah,
0: you never know. <laughs> My hair is falling out. Is that a problem or
1: what? What are you talking about?
0: From the craft.
1: Oh, from the craft. Oh, I see. I see. I was you can't concerned. hang. <laughs>
0: you can't hang we got a craft poser over here oh stop it <laughs> uh yeah um i guess that kind of makes sense although i don't generally base my philosophical viewpoints philosophical viewpoints around uh 90s fad movies <laughs> starring and Robin you know Tutti. what
1: you probably otherwise, shouldn't
0: yeah otherwise um uh, this would just be end of days yeah all day long for me
1: right yes um I think it's probably a good philosophy to not base your personal philosophies off of 90s films because they're just ridiculous for the most part, aren't they? I if, mean, there are a few gems in there, I suppose, but
0: the, yeah, the 90s was weird. We talk about that all the time on the show. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> I am uh, personally embarrassed to have come out of the 90s. It's, uh, <laughs> it's weird, but
1: but I'm a I'm a child of the 90s as well. You know, yeah. like. You know, there there was a, it was a weird time. And it was like, "Duh, mom, it's the '90s." Not, yeah, exactly.
0: I, speaking of '90s, I was. This is just a short plug uh, for my other show. Yes, my other other show. <laughs> uh, we were you talking have so recently. I'll oh, stop it. We were talking <laughs> recently on backtracking my sort of pop culture uh, Star Trek show that about this story called "Pigs as Pigs," which is one of the inspirations for the classic Star Trek episode the trouble of Tribbles. okay and in it a character who is kind of a folksy character this thing is written around the turn of the last century sure uh in the 1900s is talking he's kind of he's sarcastic and he reads this letter from his boss that tells him something he doesn't want to hear and he's like oh sure i absolutely agree definitely not really And i was like whoa i
1: had no idea that that had origins like that far back yeah. That's
0: crazy. It's Wayne S. Preston Esquire's world. <laughs> it's so 90s. Somebody 1890s. read that and they're like,
1: I can adopt that.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, Mike Myers is just cruising through like old New Yorkers, like right? falling apart. And he's like, I need comedy bits for this new thing. <laughs> he's playing a kid on public access TV. Hmm. Nice work, Ellis Parker Butler. <laughs> I remember that, right know that story was. So anyway, uh, yeah, so we're talking about uh, Tribbles on backtracking. Uh, oh, check nice. it out. Maybe. Maybe. That, that show's locked in the in the coma laptop, so oh not sure that. might have to re-record that one. No, okay, but we'll see.
1: All right, stay
0: tuned. Let's record uh, the news. Let's. ready? flash all right so <laughs> bad news although if you want to talk about karma i think that this might apply uh a doctor who guy and a writer has been fired from his post uh and it's a little unclear um i haven't followed um every single uh sort of step of this but he his name is gareth roberts mm-hmm. and he was fired basically from a Doctor Who um compilation or like a anthology that was going to be published. Yes, I so think I heard like, about this. Yeah, like a collection of stories. Yeah. Um in the past he's been um a screenwriter, you know, so he's written um Doctor Who episodes for the rebooted show. Sure. And if you ask what ones that he uh wrote, right. I am just gonna snap.
1: Oh, okay. All bad, <laughs> no, huh? No, <I> I'm
0: kidding. <laughs> you can ask. Um, it's just going to take me. I don't have a laptop with multiple windows. Right. So I have to look it up on my phone.
1: Uh, I, But That's okay. We. I, I think we went over this off the air. Like, it doesn't seem like... Yeah, but like... listeners
0: don't know. No, well, that's true. He wrote, and none of them are good. Well, yeah. he wrote the Shakespeare code. That one's okay.
1: Yeah, that one's good. I like um, that
0: one. I like the Shakespeare stuff more than the We're Witches or something like that. Sure, yeah. Isn't that the new Taika Waititi series, We're Witches? I, I uh, The no Unicorn idea. and the Wasp, garbage. Okay. Uh, the Lodger and Closing Time, those are the two with James Corden. What's worse okay. than garbage? What's the garbage that garbage throws out? Oh, Zoom in on goodness. a trash can. Yeah. A bag of trash yeah. is okay. carrying a bag of trash. Yeah. And throws it in a smaller garbage can. Right. Uh, and The Caretaker.
1: Which one is that one?
0: That's the one. Okay, at this point, are you with me on this? I... The Capaldi years are a complete blur. Well, I'm. I, I remember. I remember him riding a tank and wearing sunglasses. Yeah, I'm I remember a him being trapped in a mini TARDIS. Was that the one with the graffiti too? That oh one was okay. Gosh, I don't know. Uh, I remember him flipping off Robot Robin Hood, and that's about it.
1: I remember him being trapped in this like large mansion, and this was after like Clara had like died or whatever, and there was like a picture of her or oh, something like that. Yes,
0: that was that was really that was like uh, that Stephen was a Moffat going. All right. I guess I'll do one more good one. and then... Yeah.
1: um, So a couple of things. I'm notoriously bad with knowing and remembering titles, titles for TV episodes. Yeah. Uh, and you're really good at it. That's so... why you're a
0: friend, uh, Friends fan. What? It's the one where Ross has sex with his monkey. The one where Joey goes to jail for rape. They're all called the one where... <laughs> You i didn't know re- that? i
1: did not realize you're that. so bad with titles you i'm didn't even that, know that bad i am <laughs> wow that bad commit to the bit yeah um but i i must agree with you though um the capaldi years i just it it's all like a, a blur um i don't i really don't remember that much at all and i i feel like i feel like Christopher Kleston, uh David Tennant, and Matt Smith. Like, I feel like I remember them more. But I, ha- I have to be honest with you. The 13th Doctor is a little bit of a blur as well. Um, and I- I'm not completely caught up on that one. So I feel like kind of a bad Doctor Who fan.
0: Well, he made... Did we even get to the thing? So he made, like, homophobic tweets, basically.
1: Yes, that's... Yeah, right. And isn't he... He's gay. He's gay himself, yes. but he made, like, transphobic homophobic
0: tweets yes
1: Yes. which is just okay i first of all i don't understand why you would do that in the first place and i know there's lots of people out there who have done this and i i just don't understand um how you can you know not treat other human beings with like the respect that they deserve but then isn't it like extra like negative like that you are are, are gay, somebody who is gay yourself and yet you are attacking other people who are also gay or you know lgbtq um, is i mean isn't that just like really really horrible like you're not being supportive of other people within your community
0: i think that we find all kinds of ways to justify our opinions about things, you know, it's like if you love football and you love the green Bay Packers, mm-hmm. then shouldn't you love fans of the Minnesota Vikings or the Chicago bears?
1: Yeah, I guess no! not. Right. Right. No! Right. They're yeah, terrible.
0: Right. So I think that that's, I don't know. I think that that's how you justify it. Oh, or... you,
1: you still find some people as the quote unquote other, that sort of thing. I guess. I guess. Yeah. I don't, I don't get it. Um, I guess, Kudos for the Doctor Who team for letting him go because it's just not cool. Yeah.
0: That's so. that's the right message to send. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, Did we? <laughs> well, we didn't even. We're so, we're out of sorts. We didn't even talk about what we're talking about today. Oh, you're right. I'll we didn't sure, plug I'll put it. it in the title and the art so people know what it is. But okay. we're talking about Dark Phoenix. But I think that it's sort of a spoiler of our review of such a forgettable film that we forgot to even announce it. it. So we're just yeah. speaking of committing to the bit. We're doing it. Yep. Uh, speaking of committing to the bit, uh, did you hear about Robert Downey Jr.?
1: <laughs> uh, I think you told me about he, this off the air.
0: He think he Tony Stark.
1: Yeah, I know.
0: <laughs> I don't. I mean to mock him. I think that this is a great idea, but it'd be kind of like if uh, Michael Keaton. You know, somebody caught Michael Keaton on a rooftop, you know, looking out over the city with a with a hat on, right? <laughs> and like holding he finds a, a criminal, a and like yeah, right, exactly, <laughs> yeah. Uh, Robert Downey Jr. has launched a new venture to clean up the Earth uh, and to uh, counteract global warming. He was talking at Amazon's uh, RE Mars. I don't even know if you if you say RE Mars or if you say Regarding huh. Mars. Weird. Uh, but it's an intel, uh, artificial intelligence conference, and okay. he announced a plan to basically it's an initiative uh, for uh, against climate change to counteract climate change. It's called the okay. Footprint Coalition
1: okay um I gotta say props to him I mean I hope he can fold this off uh I think I think you know if you are a celebrity and you see that something isn't happening um in the world and you want to make it change then I think you creating a charity or some sort of uh, thing to help push that forward. I think that's a, a, that's using your your fame for good, and uh, you know, trying to better the world.
0: And if you get Matt Damon on board, even better, right?
1: Oh boy, is Matt Damon on board?
0: <laughs> yeah, that guy's in everything. Oh boy. <laughs> but yeah, so I think details are a little slim at this point. Mm-hmm. So hopefully, this isn't um, vaporware or um, oh, heaven, I hope not. Dioxideware, right? But, uh, the guy's got a lot of money right and he's basically like when you think about it i'm not saying that elon boy elon was complicated figure at this point yes. i just started watching the national geographics mars series oh how is that um interesting it's it's a i would call it a like a docu drama or a docu series okay it tells the tale of the first manned um trip to mars uh mission to mars
1: when was that Uh guess. Um, sometime recently in the last couple of years.
0: Mika's not a not a NASA nerd. I guess I'm not. uh, We haven't been to Mars yet. Oh, okay. Uh sorry. I guess I should have said the hypothetical. I I was like I
1: was like, I didn't know if we've been to Mars or not.
0: Don't you think you would have seen a tweet or something?
1: Okay, yeah, probably. (laughs) But I'm just like I'm like you know, my sift of like information, sometimes things just pass by me and I should be better about catching it. The them.
0: sift of information. I've heard yeah. Bill Gates use that term before. Have you? So anyway, <laughs> it's set in like twenty the twenty thirties, like twenty thirty-three or something like that.
1: Okay, so the not so distant future.
0: Yes, next Sunday eighty. And so right. you've got a group of astronauts on a manned mission to Mars. Then we cut back to two thousand sixteen or seventeen. Okay. Well, we cut back to the present day, basically. Sure. And they interview Neil deGrasse Tyson, Elon Musk, like the different elements of the mission that we would need to accomplish. Okay. So the 2033 is like, it's optimistic, but it's like realistically, it's all hard science. Like realistically, we could be on Mars by 2033. Oh, okay. And then we talk to the people who are talking about like what we would need to do to, to be there. So basically, it's just a cosmos or a national geographic miniseries about sending men to mars we've just added a bunch of actors who are not just reenacting but are actually have dialogue and storylines about getting what they do on mars
1: well that sounds pretty interesting it's
0: okay just okay i don't remember when it was created but it was long enough ago that talking to elon musk a whole bunch seemed like a good idea okay and the, i started this because elon musk is like intelligent but i doesn't have his like doctorate in physics or anything like that right he's just a rich so. guy who is a futurist we'll say and has ideas about this and then basically pays people to make it happen while he gets blazed uh with his rockstar girlfriend and tweets right. stupid things huh well, rob diana Jr. can do that he'll sure. just be doing yoga poses he'll be downward dogging and giving uh, young kids with no limbs, like, Iron Man arms and stuff like that. <laughs>
1: right, yeah. So
0: it's an even better public face.
1: Yeah, no, I I agree
0: with you. I'm excited about this. Uh,
1: yeah, I'm excited about this, too. And, like, hopefully there'll be an opportunity for um, people... Us to not die. To, well, yeah, for people to other normal everyday people to contribute to this um, new organization.
0: I agree. Yeah. Hey, the Uncharted movie now has a release date
1: oh boy what is it
0: did you knew there's an uncharted movie right i
1: think we talked about this before yes it's very it's a very cinematic video game so it does not (laughs) surprise me naughty
0: dog was like how do we get some of those hollywood adaptation dollars let's just create a game uh the protagonist will be based on this guy uh that nobody knows called nathan fillion I don't know if that's true, but it's very similar.
1: <laughs> Nathan Drake, right? Yeah. yeah.
0: And then uh, that one voice actor guy whose uh, name escapes me now. Oh,
1: yeah. But he does like everything. Yeah, he does. Yeah.
0: Um, he'll be doing it. And so this was kicked around Hollywood for a while. It was connected to David O. Russell. Uh, for a long time, unfortunately, <laughs> that guy, speaking of jackasses. Yeah. Uh, and then uh, Mark Wahlberg was attached to Star. Okay. Speaking of jackasses. And so, eh, whatever. I mean, just make the movie, right? Right. Well, that's all falling apart again and again and again. But it's finally set now. I think we're in pre-production. We're ready to go. Um, and it's going to be about Nathan Drake, of course. Right. Who will be played by Tom Holland. Really? So We're
1: going super young.
0: Nolan North is the voice actor's name. Oh, uh, yes. So, yeah. So, this will be based on the prologue of number three where he's a kid. I guess. You get to see him as a little kid. <laughs> he, he steals a ring from a museum. Right? <laughs> oh, my goodness. Tom
1: Holland? I'm, I, I, okay. That's fine. Here's who not we're thinking who for picture. this role.
0: We're thinking about a couple actors here. Yeah. Mark Wahlberg. Yes. Okay. Nathan Fillion. Right. Tom Holland.
1: It doesn't. It doesn't match.
0: No. One of these things
1: is not like the other. No.
0: <laughs> and when you have a young-looking guy, then the young interest, the love interest, has to be young.
1: Yes, absolutely. Yeah, Ev- everything's aged down. So who's that even going to be? I I don't know. Um...
0: One Maisie the, Williams,
1: one of the Dakota sisters.
0: One of the Dakota With sisters. Dakota,
1: no, I mean one of the Fanning sisters. Sorry, Dakota Fanning and whatever her sister's name is. There you go. Yeah, I don't know.
0: Uncharted preschool. <laughs> and then, well, it's a lot. There's a like, mini game we have to color the lamb inside of the lines.
1: Oh my goodness! You don't. Yeah, you
0: well, die.
1: It, it's, it's a, a lot, tough preschool. It's a lot like Indiana Jones. Like he's kind of.
0: It's Indiana Jones. It, it is Indiana Jones. I like Indiana how you Jones. say it's a lot like Indiana Jones. It's Indiana Jones.
1: It, it is. So this this will just be a young indie,
0: so to speak. Well, it's certainly counter-programming. Yeah. Since Indiana Jones 5 is started shooting and Harrison Ford is doing it again. And
1: he said something along the lines, like, he's going to do it till he dies or I'm doesn't want to do it anymore, and then he doesn't do think anybody else should play the role. Get the f out of my house. <laughs> yeah.
0: I know. Uh, we're at, well, this is a news studio? Yeah, you I are know, right? Uh, December 18th is the release date. Oh, Back for
1: this year or for next the year? In 2020, sorry, 2020. Okay, next year. That makes sense. Yes.
0: Uh, Google. Google is in the news, everyone. Whoa, boy. You know that Google is in the news. <laughs> Google has announced that their Stadia game service is coming in November.
1: Oh, what does this entail?
0: I'll tell you what it, entail. Ooh, yeah. what it entails. <laughs> they describe it as the Netflix of games.
1: Okay. So do so you for $10, pay like a fee up front and then you get to play whatever you want?
0: Well, good question. Uh, it's either a $10 a month service mm-hmm. or it is a, uh, you can buy in right now for $130. That gets you uh, three months of service, uh, pre- premium service. I'm not sure what the premium is yet. Just right. Yet. um and then I suppose you'd have to pay ten million dollars a month afterwards. And I think you get a, uh, a joystick for it. You can use your own joystick, okay. but they have a special Stadia joystick because oh it has certain features. Okay. So yeah, that's what's going on right now. Um, here are some of the games that they have lined up, or at least I should say the publishers. Um, a lot of them. Electronic Arts, Deep Silver, Bethesda, SNK, Square Enix, Rockstar, 2K, Warner Brothers, THQ, Ubisoft. Um, Assassin's Creed Odyssey is the sort of poster child game
1: for okay. this. All um, right. So
0: that's what they've been using in the, um, promotion, uh, promotional material. Mm-hmm. Um, it is, we'll learn a lot more, um, at E3. Yeah.
1: That's coming up, right?
0: Yep. And so, but what we know now is, is that essentially it is an online service. Okay. But you could do things like, so I watched a little bit of the keynote and so I'll just give you like my version of the keynote. Um, There will be a lot of integrated sort of functions to this. It won't just be because PlayStation, for instance, has PS Now, which allows you to stream titles um, either on your PC or on a console. Mm -hmm. This will also be a PC or console thing, but it'll also be an in-browser thing. So if you are cruising along in your Chrome browser and you go, I want to play some games, you can go to Assassin's Creed and then click that and it'll start playing in your browser.
1: Oh, okay.
0: And depending, I think, on your save games or whatever, if you do this a lot, you can just sort of pause the game and just pick up from where you left off. Oh, that's good. A lot of those functions will be on the controller. You can share gameplay. So you can basically like record or and like stream, I think, while you're playing. You can also, and this is interesting, you can share parts of a game. So okay. say you are... I'm going to run and jump off of this thing and grab this thing and do that. You can like save and cut out like that literal part of the game and share it with somebody. Okay. So whether or not they own the game, they can play that little section of the game if they also have Stadia. All right. Or not. Because if you have Stadia, then you have access to the game. Oh, I think so. Yeah, I'm a little fuzzy on that. But anyway, okay. it's not just a on-tap streaming service. It's also they are integrating... All kinds of you know the, the PC and computer aspects, and they're really big on the sharing aspects as well. Of course.
1: Okay. Well, I think this has the potential to be something really. Big. This has the
0: potential to basically kill dead GameStop, yeah. Steam, yeah. Epic Games, yeah. There is no loyalty in the video game universe. You think that oh, some no. publishers would be like, "We got a pretty good thing going with our digital distribution." I know this is Google. It's like the 8,000-pound gorilla, but yeah. everybody's like, oh, we're doing this.
1: Yeah, I know. Like, and then like you listed GameStop a lot CEO of publishers. on
0: Suicide Watch.
1: Yeah, I know, right?
0: <laughs> yeah. Actually, I think they just got a new CEO again. So. Oh, boy. Um, It'll also be playable on phones, so if you've got like, say, a Google Pixel 3, uh, you can just go click, flip the phone to the side, bam, you're playing Oh, that's playing fun. Game. Yeah. This might make a gamer out of you. Oh, boy. I mean, we might do it. <laughs>
1: So Let's bad at the controls. The business. Yeah. All right.
0: So we'll see. Um, looking forward to that. Here's some news. Yeah. Entertainment Weekly. Yes. Is becoming Entertainment Monthly. <laughs>
1: <laughs> okay. So then they're cutting back. their publishing to just one a month instead of four. That's right. Probably a wise move, don't you think?
0: Because Prince dead? Yes. Well, if you're Entertainment Weekly... Yeah. What if you just do a KFC and you're like EW, and what's it stand for? Right. Yes. Yeah. It's yeah. EW.
1: Right. Because now you're you're changing your brand as well as how often it comes out.
0: Yes. It will starting uh, August. It will come out monthly. Uh, they will also do you know s- special. special issues sometimes. Okay. That if makes Prince sense. Prince dies again. They'll do you know. Something right. Like that. Right. Oh boy. <laughs> yeah. The last uh, current entertainment weekly will be uh, July fifth. Okay. I should mention I think there's a new issue now, so it might be too late, but you can still check it out. Um the most recent uh issue of Entertainment Weekly uh was commemorating the 50th anniversary of Stonewall. And oh wow, so well that's were, cool. Yeah, so there were six different covers okay. uh featuring uh, LGBTQ entertainers like actually, I'll just say them all. Actually, I'm going to miss one because I know Anderson Cooper, entertainer? I don't know. Well. Uh, Wilson Cruz from Star Trek Discovery. Okay. Uh, Melissa Etheridge, Ruby Rose, somebody else. Okay. uh, Nope lost it somebody else (laughs) and then somebody else two other people two other people (laughs) okay uh but anyway yeah they're they're, uh, they're really neat um there's also uh the feature in the issue was um like a six-way round table with them about their experiences yeah and about um what stonewall means and and stuff like that so it's a nice little starter for pride month
1: yeah that's that's really
0: get that yeah i've told my wilson cruise story on the program right
1: um, you probably have, but I don't know. I don't I can't remember exactly. If you want to retell it,
0: I don't want to belabor it. Okay. <laughs> so, long story short, uh, my cousin, as uh, a friend of his, yes. uh, connected me with him for an interview for my Star Trek show. This was all like three days before uh, the episode of. Uh, star trek discovery that really sort of changed the game for his character yes uh no spoilers but was a big deal um turned into him like being interviewed on today's show and good morning america and stuff and right yeah we'll never get that guy again he's really busy <laughs> that guy's gone yeah. he's out of our reach
1: right
0: but anyway much luck to him very talented yes very good looking <laughs> more video game news uh baldur's gate 3 has been announced
1: I saw something like I saw somebody like posted about this.
0: The Baldur's Gate. I'm I'm surprised. Series is a storied series. Yes, Um, not the first bringing of Dungeons and Dragons and their world and system to
1: computers, but one of the
0: strongest. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, And intergenerational too, because it was out when I was the right age for it. I um, used to uh, work at a private high school, uh, and so spent a lot of time with some nerdy kids. And they were like, yeah, so I was playing like Icewind Dale and I was like, if you set up the delay blast fireballs, I'm like, what are you kids talking about? Right. You have like cyber brains and stuff like that. Why right. Are you guys playing like these old pre-Windows 95 T&D games? But they've stuck around. and they definitely stuck fun around, to play. Yeah. They've definitely stuck around now thanks to services like Good Old Games uh, who have make them available also there's been a, a couple of Baldur's Gate like redos and reboots mm-hmm. uh, remasters uh Planescape remaster and so yeah these old games are sticking in people's heads I don't know it's yeah. not just a no- nostalgia thing I think it's you know nobody's playing Demon Stone anymore like they did it right back then and so they want to kind of redo that right here's the funny thing though <laughs> it's being developed by uh the company that Larian Studios the company that did Divinity Original Sin Okay.
1: I I don't know what that means.
0: Those are games that are original properties, but are very similar and evoke the feeling of uh, the old Baldur's Gate games.
1: Oh, okay. And
0: so when the Baldur's Gate license holder, which I assume is Wizards of the Coast still, wanted to revive the franchise, they went, You do it.
1: Oh, okay. All right.
0: Right? Sure. It's sort of like, Okay, so this isn't, is this going to be. Hagar, Halen. Is this is Van Hagar, or right? Is this is David, David Lee Roth, right? You <laughs> want this? No, sure. no. Better example. This is the Filipino guy who sang Journey songs really good on the internet, and then Journey's like, "Well, we want to get the band back together." Filipino guy, you're in. <laughs> That's what right? this is. This is right. New Journey.
1: Okay, all right, I can see that. Um, well, hopefully, it'll be good. <laughs>
0: <laughs> have you heard that Journey guy?
1: <laughs> I have. Not. He's amazing. Is he? Okay. Yeah. All right.
0: Steve Perry, who?
1: <laughs> wow.
0: You can't believe you're not a Journey fan.
1: I am a Journey fan. I love Journey.
0: Yeah. Um,
1: yeah, I do. I. I have a lot of very fond memories from college about Journey. I think that's the first time I really heard. All right, Journey.
0: All right, let's keep it PG.
1: Oh, it is PG. My roommate, like oh, no, we, we went to like the the student union, and my there was a jukebox there, and it was free, and my roommate programmed every single Journey song into the jukebox. Oh, you
0: were those kids.
1: And the guy who was like the manager of the student union like looked at us with like, no, you did not. And like, he was not happy that we were playing all the journey songs in a row. And the next time we came to the student union, that CD was not in there.
0: Oh, (laughs) we,
1: we journeyed him out.
0: (laughs) Yeah. The journey was over. I would tell you about the time that I I went to a bar and we put a $20 bill in the uh, jukebox and we set it to play. It's not unusual by Tom Jones. 47 times. Oh my left.
1: goodness. Oh my goodness. We just left. Oh my goodness. Uh,
0: so yeah, uh, we'll see what happens with that in the future. Looking forward to it. Mm-hmm. Um, here's some bad news. Uh, the Swamp Thing has been canceled by DC Universe.
1: I heard about that. After
0: one episode.
1: Yeah, that's super bad. So, but... Mm,
0: Mick, Mick Holland? I'm just doing a Swamp Thing super bad mashup. Oh, oh
1: okay, I see. Um, <laughs> uh. What? What? Just why? And are they airing the other episodes? Like, ever? Yes. Okay.
0: There's no point, because they need content, and it doesn't cost them anything. It's their service. They will be airing the rest of the episodes. We reported a couple weeks ago, maybe a month or two ago, that they had cut the original order of episodes. Yes. Showing no confidence, really, in the show. Right. And they waited for the first episode to come out, because you don't cancel it before it comes out. Right. (laughs) So. So yeah, the second they released the first episode they're like, don't look for any more of these.
1: I know, which is like it's kind of bad. I I don't know. Like I don't know how I feel about it. Like I I haven't seen the tri- the um uh pilot yet. And I I I want to. I want to see it, but Apparently I... it's really gross. Oh, really?
0: Yeah, there's a lot of body horror, which no. I think fits for that for I mean yeah thing.
1: I, I saw the trailer for it and I guess I could see how that would be a thing because it's like there's some sort of like medical epidemic or something like that why well, they don't know why it's happening I don't know yeah anyways um, done
0: done done, that. done. journey's over done done with that uh, do you want some uh, post end game phase four possible spoilers sure So uh, Outlet That Hashtag Show at thathashtagshow.com has a source. The source is supposedly reliable. It was right about a couple things previously, like, um, oh, I guess spoilers for Endgame for this segment. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't know. Skip ahead five minutes if you don't want to hear anything about anything ever. Um, They spoiled that Thor was going to get fat and that James Darcy was going to be in uh, Endgame. And so this information comes from that person. Now we know okay. that Shang Chi is a movie that's coming up, and we know right. that the Eternals is a movie that's coming up. Yes. But otherwise we don't know. We could assume fairly that there will be new Guardians of the Galaxies, new yes. things like that. But otherwise we don't know. But apparently, Doctor Strange Two mm-hmm. will involve a time travel trip to the nineteen eighties. Okay. And Tilda Swinton will re- reappear as the Ancient One. Well, I mean that only makes sense. Traveling back in time, yeah.
1: Right. Okay, that sounds cool to me. Yes. Um, hopefully, it, it'll be better than
0: the first one. <laughs> and it will supposedly feature the Doctor Strange character, Clea.
1: Who is that?
0: Clea is the princess of the dark dimension. She is Dormammu's
1: daughter, I think. Okay. She
0: related to Mamu, Dormammu somehow.
1: So she's she's a villain. Um, She
0: is like a villain turned good, basically. Uh, She's like Doctor Strange's girlfriend. Oh, okay. And the gloves will be back.
1: The gloves will be back? That's what they're saying. Okay. What does that mean?
0: His gloves. The yellow gloves.
1: Oh, the yellow gloves? Yeah.
0: Well, the orangish yellow gloves.
1: Did he not have them in the original? No. He hasn't had them yet. He had them
0: a little bit. Wait. When did he have them? I think he had them in the, the, the Ragnarok scenes. Oh really? That he was in. Um but it, I don't think they were in the movie and they weren't in Endgame or um or before Endgame. Okay, is this Avengers before Endgame.
1: But is this part of his like usual costume? Yeah, dude. Okay, all right.
0: Not a Ditko fan, I mean, <laughs> I didn't say that. Interesting. Uh some plot hints for Guardians of the Galaxy three. Yeah. Seems like we will focus on Rocket. Which I think okay. makes sense at this point. Well I think we were talking before. It's like we've gone Peter's out of parents now. Right. We've had a movie about each one of his parents. Right. All three of them. uh, And it seems like we keep sort of dipping our toe or our little claw into like Rocket's sort of character and story. And so it's theorized that three will uh, be a full look into Rocket.
1: Well, we don't really know that much about his background. We just know that he's somehow genetically mutated uh, and he's not technically a raccoon, I think. Is what we know. Something like that? Yeah. So um I think that'd be interesting. Um, I definitely want to see a movie with that. Okay. Yeah.
0: So presumably we'll go to Half World, we'll meet Lila, his uh, you know, love interest, and it'll all involve the high evolutionary. A character who well, we'll get to that when we talk about the X Men later, but is a character who is fairly important in Marvel. Fairly powerful, but just never had the cloud of a kang or or a doctor doom or something and so, but he is very influential and um necessary to the marvel universe, okay, and apparently spider man three that is spider man post far from home, right maybe a little closer to home <laughs> will feature venom oh oh
1: will it it be um starring um
0: Sony, you, you make Spider-Man movies yeah. and you suck at it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. Wouldn't okay. that be cool, though?
1: That would be really cool.
0: Now, Tom they Holland... should make that happen. As we've discussed previously, uh, Forever 14, uh, Tom right. Hardy... Uh, it, you know, is who knows how old he is, but uh, I... <laughs> significantly older.
1: Yes, but I think that'd be really cool to have him as Venom in there with Spider-Man. I'd watch that. I'd definitely watch that.
0: Has Sony not learned any lessons? Let's do Venom in the third one.
1: Yeah, I don't know. I don't know that they have
0: learned any lessons. (laughs) This just seems like history repeating itself, doesn't it?
1: Yeah, yeah. I I mean, I'm happy that Marvel is helping with the Spider-Man movies, but maybe they should be helping more because Sony is just...
0: I don't think they're helping that much.
1: You don't think they are? Okay.
0: Well, supposedly, you know... I think it would be weird for if Marvel... Maybe Marvel does have control because I think it would be weird for Marvel to basically introduce, or depending on how you look at it, double down on the idea of a Marvel multiverse Mm -hmm. in a Sony movie. Right. But Mysterio could just be full of shit. He could just be lying about everything. We don't really know.
1: Well, and I I think that's probably a a large part of his character because... Because
0: his whole thing is like illusions. Well... He can show you anything he wants to show you.
1: He he doesn't look like a quote unquote bad guy in the trailers. No, he's so,
0: Jakey Jake.
1: Yeah, yeah. So um, I'm interested to see the heel turn with that.
0: So. And um, supposedly David Morrissey is in contention for some roles. I don't know how to do multiple roles, but it, it, some role in Phase Four. Who's David Morrissey? Uh, okay, just look it up. He's a okay. you know kind of Hugh Grant older British actor looking guy. Okay, all right. It was Any, in Bas- Basic Instinct 2. Any, I, he played the doctor once in one of those four specials, the David Tennant, I don't want to go year. Yeah. He was the one where he was in the Victorian times and he had a balloon and he thought he was the doctor. Oh, gosh. They were teasing who the new doctor was going
1: to yeah, be. Yeah. Um, I don't actually remember his face, though. <laughs> like, I vaguely remember I've, that episode. I haven't but... grown
0: accustomed to his face. Yeah. Okay. What it looks like. Do
1: you have any idea or um, prediction as to who he might be up for?
0: Probably in, a, in a, We got to get this Eternals thing cast, right?
1: Yeah, you're right. Probably somebody in there.
0: Yeah, so maybe um, Alars, a.k.a. Mentor.
1: Okay. I, I, I know next to nothing about the Eternals, except that I know that Thanos is technically an Eternal. He that, is an Eternal. That is about all I know.
0: He is the son of Alars.
1: Oh, okay. Well, there you go. All right.
0: As the Red Skull tells us in Avengers, the one before. Him he came.
1: always, that's right. He always says, Thanos, son, son of, you know, X. And like when <laughs> when uh, Hawk, Hawkeye and uh, Black Widow come, he says their their father's names or whatever. And Natasha says something offhand. Like, I don't even know my father's She's name. She's
0: like, well, I I got something out of this. Right, right. Yeah. Now
1: I'm going to die. Um,
0: <laughs> so the spoilers for Endgame continue yeah
1: okay <laughs> uh,
0: well here's a spoiler for the rest of your life Marvel wants Keanu Reeves to be in that Avengers film
1: what Avengers film
0: sorry the Eternals film oh the Eternals film they're all Avengers films now.
1: yeah 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 um, okay who do you think he would play
0: good question yeah if you have Thanos the yes. embodiment of And I know, don't at me, but all that's evil, Mm -hmm. or at least selfish in the world. Right. What sad boy (laughs) in a motorcycle helmet eating a sandwich would be the perfect polar opposite? Right. The yang to that Mm yin. Keanu Reeves. Yes. And so I think he's going to play Thanos' brother, Star Fox. Oh, okay. All right. Do a barrel roll. Not that, Star Fox. <laughs> In fact, they might have a... Well, they're Marvel, but they might have a uh, trademark problem with that, so... Oh, okay. Call him Eros instead. Yeah. And you go, and then that's how you get around... Can you ever see Keanu Reeves um, roofing anybody? No. <laughs> that's how you get around the, the gross implications of his roofie power. You just give those powers to Keanu Reeves, and he's just, like, making you feel better when you have a bad day, or...
1: Right. Actually, his powers put a, in general are just put a kinda, spin on it. Are kind of bad, yeah. problematic. Don't
0: make me feel things I, I'm not. I don't want to feel. Don't
1: you dare close your eyes.
0: Don't you dare close your eyes. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's what it'll be. Oh boy! So, uh, excited about that. We'll see. Uh, guess what? Magic the Gathering is going to be an anime show at Netflix because those have been great. So for every single one of them is fantastic. Oh! Oh, shut up. You like them, and. Uh, I-
1: I I'm not saying I like them 'em. I'm not saying I don't like and them. And
0: the Russo brothers mm-hmm. will be in charge.
1: Well, that's a They've good thing. They got free time
0: now. That deadly class has been canceled.
1: Has it really? Yes. You're kidding. Yes. Oh, that's such a bummer. Well, that
0: was the bad news. I guess that was the real story.
1: Yeah. That's that's a bummer. I mean I've only seen the pilot, but I would like to watch <laughs> the rest of it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So okay. Why? Because sci-fi... Sucks. Yeah. Yeah. Okay.
0: I have to imagine the ratings probably weren't great.
1: All right. Well, that's too bad.
0: Well, we'll see. The Russo brothers, uh, if they haven't completely moved on, are, you know, pretty big right now in Hollywood. Yeah, they are. I think it'd be very easy for them to, you know, hey, Netflix, tell you what, Mm -hmm. we're doing this magic, we're doing this show based on trading cards. I think we can see what we can do with the deadly class. Yeah,
1: yeah. A little bit. Yeah, use it for leverage. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Everyone to hear the F word in daily class? Right. Or deadly class? Yes. They don't have class every day. (laughs) Or maybe they do. One more story before we move on. Uh, A lot of news has been made recently, and I think we've talked about this in the show, but maybe not, that Tom King has been. Well, nobody knows. Tom King has left or is leaving Batman. Uh.
1: Remind me who Tom King is.
0: He is a writer for DC. And did you know okay. he used to be in the CIA? Did you know he used to be in the CIA? Hey, Tom King used to be in the CIA. The CIA used to employ Tom King. Okay. That's all you ever hear about when you hear about Tom King. Okay. But the other side of that coin is that he's a pretty good writer. He wrote the Mr. Miracle series that we reviewed on the oh, show. Oh, that's right. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. And so he has been doing Batman for since the re-re-relaunch. uh okay. Since issue one a couple years ago. They're in the 70s now, I think. Okay. Uh, This included the uh, Batman Catwoman uh, wedding Uh, Mm storyline and other stuff. And it was theorized that he was going to go 100 issues.
1: Okay. So what happened?
0: Well, nobody really knows. And this was a thing that was going back and forth for a while. Um, People think that DC was dissatisfied with his work, that some of the fans didn't like what he was doing. And so they were going to sort of shuffle him off the book. And he was, you know, he's he used to work for the CIA, mm-hmm. so he can keep a secret. So he was sort of circumspect about it, and was like, "Well, I'm drive my time. I can't look, wait to look forward to, to another stuff or whatever." Well, it was just announced that he's going to co-write the new Gods film with Ava DuVernay.
1: Oh, okay. Um, I guess that could be good. Um, I know well,
0: we- I mean. The- yeah wow yeah. Under, underselling i guess but this is to me this reminds me of the jeff johns thing where it's like jeff johns steps down as like head of creative and then he's immediately like writing more tv shows and and movies right so right. it's like maybe it was just a situation where let's get you totally focused on what we need you to do right and so the tom king whether or not the sales are good whether or not people like you it's clear that you have a great handle on this stuff eisner Awards coming out the ass for Mr. Miracle why don't we just take you and just make you focus you on the films because yeah. we are right. our empire is crumbling yes like we need these movies to work right and Ava DuVernay is a great director but is she you a see Wrinkle in Time yeah <laughs> so, right. so like let's get you on there let's let's set you up let's get a good New Gods film because New Gods is going to be our competition for Eternals basically right so we need this to work
1: mm-hmm. okay that makes sense um, all right. Well I guess he's moving on to greener pastures, so to it.
0: To gr- greener yeah, greener pastures. Yeah. I don't have a pun for that. Okay. <laughs> there is green. Yeah. Some of their costumes have all fathers costume is green, doesn't uh, it? I don't know. <laughs> New Genesis is green. Sure. Okay. Well Apocalypse is just fire. Right. Not like Woo! fire hands up emoji (laughs) i mean like on fire right right not good
1: no not good at all
0: um any interest in this at all
1: (laughs) um yeah i mean i guess i'm interested to see what they do for the new gods film um that's i guess all i have to say about that how about you
0: no you're not done oh i'm not (laughs) you just said you were interested
1: um I'm interested to see what they do. I don't. I. I really don't have that much context for New Gods.
0: Um, you know, Mr. Miracle.
1: I know. I do know Mr. Miracle, and that's about it.
0: You so, know, and Big, Big Barda.
1: Yeah, I'm Big Barda. Yep.
0: You know Oberon.
1: Yeah. Well. Okay. So he has experience writing these characters. So then they're like, "Let's you write them for the movie." that's, so, what, I'm, that's what I'm guessing. Yeah. That makes sense.
0: Wow. Well, nothing.
1: I don't. I don't really have anything else to add. Apocalypse.
0: <laughs> Dark side.
1: <laughs> Desade. Yeah, Granny yeah.
0: goodness. Calabac.
1: Yeah, it should be good.
0: The Furies.
1: Um, I remember a lot of the characters from the the cartoon series. Light Ray? I have no idea who that is. <laughs> <laughs>
0: The X-Men find one of their own is one of their enemies yes. or something. <laughs> and their enemy is Simon Kinberg. Whoa. <laughs> Somebody's got a dude just put his head on like a deep fake or something like that. And he's like. Floating down. He's like, I will destroy the X-Men universe. Yes, My work is complete. I know, right? What's the name of that bird that dies in fire and then stays dead and nothing happens?
1: I, I think any other bird besides the Phoenix I think work. it's a dark Phoenix. Oh. I think that's what it
0: does. <laughs> uh, we're here to talk about the new and last X-Men, well, we're presuming X-Men Fox film Dark Phoenix. Yes. Starring Sophie Tucker. No, I always get that wrong. <laughs> Sophie, Sophie Turner. Turner. Uh, and Ty Sherry guy, Ty Sherry and guy, yeah, all the other people, James McAvoy, the, Nicholas the, Holt, yeah, the slice, switch, flip, switch, Jimmy Smits, <laughs> spin, flat, uh, sure.
1: yeah. I have no idea what you're doing.
0: What does he? He split, plays 15 different characters. He's the Beast. Spat, split,
1: split, what?
0: split. Shama, 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 Shama Island. What? Split.
1: I don't know what you're doing. I don't know who Split is.
0: I appreciate your honesty. I appreciate that. But wouldn't a yes and require you to just go, oh, Split. Loving that Split. You know what else I like? Cleave. Cleave's pretty good, too. All right. And I like Divide. I like... (laughs) M. Night Shyamalan released a sequel, a stealth sequel to Unbreakable called Split, in which... James McAvoy oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. is a serial killer or something, Who has multiple, multiple personalities. personalities. One yeah. of those personalities has superpowers. Right. Not a terrible idea. No. Just not a great idea. Well, let's make glass and ruin the whole thing. Yeah, I know, right? M. Night Shyamalan is his own Simon Kinberg. Oh, my goodness. Written, directed by Simon Kinberg, this film, longtime producer of the X-Men movies, along mm-hmm. with... Avi Arad and all the other people that I guess made it good and held all his bad impulses I back? I
1: guess, yeah. How do we feel about this movie?
0: <laughs> no, tell Not... what happens in X-Men Dark Phoenix. Um, so dark.
1: So we, we start with like a flashback of... Oh boy, here uh, we go. Okay, of Jean Grey when she's a little girl and she non-intentionally causes a car accident in which she f- she understands both her parents die. Uh, And then
0: we're in the spoiler free time. So this is what I want from you. Hmm. Just give me the envelope pitch. Go. Um, Back of the book blurb.
1: Okay. Uh, The X-Men go uh, to help save some astronauts in outer space. No, No,
0: you're literally just once again. I'll do it. This is what it sounds like. Check this out. Right. When Jean Grey is finds herself. Much more powerful than before, she has to fight the temptation to use that power while the X-Men race to save her very life and the planet. Dark Phoenix.
1: Okay. It's
0: called an elevator pitch. Sure. It's actually shorter than an elevator pitch. You're like, then they're at a party, and at the party, they drink pink lemonade, but it's implied that it's booze. But why would there be booze at a kid's school? In fact, literally, okay, <laughs> a lot of this is going to be us talking about how this movie not only has nothing to do with the previous movies, but literally, like, rejects and changes it. You know, Logan in X2 is like, you guys got any beer? And Iceman's like, yeah, this is a school. How <laughs> so about right. a lot sody pop? Right. So anyway, uh, what'd you think about Dark Phoenix?
1: Um, I was pretty underwhelmed. Uh, I... Uh...
0: Dark Phoenix, smoke, no fire.
1: Right. I mean, I think they had a lot of uh, maybe the emotional beats kind of there, but, like, it didn't necessarily, like, um, the plot didn't necessarily um, have the characters shine as much as they should. Like, it wasn't, I wouldn't call it, like, a character-driven, like, film. (laughs) And, uh... (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. No. <laughs> well, it, it's just like there are things that happen within the film. It's like, well, now we need this to happen, so it's going to happen. Um, yeah. And I... A lot I, of
0: uh, lazily choreographed fights. I yeah. Mean, every action movie is just beads on a string, and the beads are set pieces, right? But mm-hmm. when you think about some of the great set pieces and fights that we've had... Uh, The Claremont-esque sort of uh, fights in the early X-Men movies. The, don't really want to call them the singer films anymore, but I don't know what to call them. Right. Let's just say the earlier 2000s X-Men films. Like, yeah, this is just, what do you think is going to happen here? What do you think happens to a phoenix? Uh, Well, how do we slow this thing down? Right. So it's not over in like two minutes. Right. So we'll have people just kind of knock around and fight. Generic other bad guys. Uh, no guy who throws bones from his arms in this one, but no. there are some wildly generic sort of characters. Yes. Uh, there is just lady with a shaved head who is a telepath.
1: Yep. And then, she uses knives. Yep.
0: And then there is guy with dreads.
1: Oh, my goodness. <laughs> Can we talk so about guy with dreads? Yeah.
0: Yeah. So, like, one of Magneto's friends is, uh, Magneto has his own, it's, compound yeah it's sort of like genosha it's sort of genosha only genosha is like you know an island nation of like you know four million people right this is basically just like a river in the like puget Sa- or uh, a island in the puget sound or something like that right where he's set up like a hippie commune and we're we're led to understand that this is a commune of mutants yes much like charles has his uh school. xavier school yeah this is like magneto's you know chill out uh fun time vibe like camp right but you make somebody blue or something. It since none of them do anything except for Dread Guy, we don't ever see their powers. No, there's a part where there are people come and they don't want them to be there, but nobody does anything. And maybe it's because they're pacifists. Right. But you just see there's one guy who has like bull horns. He's got like like Tim Curry. Oh gosh, I didn't even notice that Tim Curry uh, demon horns. Right. But there's no like, make a guy blue or do that thing where X. the X-Men films have always been very uh, unimaginative. You've got this wonderful history of the X-Men and their powers and the varied characters and looks and stuff. And whenever they have to make somebody up, mm-hmm. like when they make up the their version of Leech, basically, is, Leech in the comics is, is he pink or green? Which one's Artie? Which one's Leech? I don't Let's know. I'd say he's pink. Okay. Uh, pink, and he's got, like, these bulbs on his head and he's all cool looking. Uh, Their kid is just like a kid who looks like a leukemia kid. He's just like a little kid with no hair. Or like when they've got like, oh, let's show, let's pan, you know, across the kids. There's like a kid with like sort of veiny lines on his face. Yeah, I noticed that. Wow, neat.
1: Right, we have no idea what his powers are. Or
0: like, what's this kid's power? He's got a forked tongue and he will stick it out at the perfect time to accentuate. It's like a great moment, but... That's his mutant power. Why doesn't he just go to regular school and like keep his mouth shut?
1: Right, 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 right. So they've
0: never been very uh, imaginative, and this is like really the just the emblematic of their lack of imaginativeness. You've got a guy with dreadlocks, black guy. Yep. Or I mean, he's not white. Let's just say that. Right. I don't want to assume his race, but he's got dreadlocks. Yes. His power is is that he can whip the dreadlocks around like Willow Smith. Yeah. Now, is that a power, or did he just tie knives into the ends of his dreadlocks? I think they it's stretch, a power
1: because they like and they're like prehensile and they and yeah. they can like restrain. So people. is he like
0: is he like Medusa? Does he have like prehensile Ooh, hair? Maybe. Yeah, it's
1: not snakes though. But all
0: I'm saying is, is like for a, a movie series where literally everybody is either white or blue, that's, that's something true. else. <laughs> I know that blue is like part of their costumes and part of the visual aesthetic of the movie, but. You've decided to use three X-Men characters, all right. of which are blue.
1: Like the same shade of blue, too. They have
0: the exact same but, shade of but blue. But yet
1: they are different powers it's from each Ronan other. It's a
0: Ronin-Nebula problem.
1: Right, right. Yeah, like yeah, exactly. They're
0: both blue. Shouldn't they be helping each other?
1: Right. Aren't they both Cree or something? No,
0: that's not Benetton thinking. right. But right. anyway, they take this one character. We never get a name. He's defined solely by his ethnicity, basically. Yes. And he uses his dreadlocks to fight with Mm -hmm. that's problematic it is i think i thought of the example of what if you had like an african-american guy Mm -hmm. with like short hair like you know lebron hair or something like that and then he goes "Uh oh there's trouble and he sticks his thumb in his mouth and goes and it an afro pops out right now he looks like colin kaepernick and his afro is bulletproof and he can swing it around and hit people with it yeah that's also problematic that's like a character that dwayne mcduffie would make as a joke Right, right. <laughs> but that's what you want to do.
1: Yeah, it seems like a poor choice. Not oh, great, uh, and not very creative. Um, well, it's, uh, you could have come up with something better than that. Yes. That seems like a first pass. <laughs> Black you <know>? guy, what's, <laughs> what's what's his, his power? Name?
0: Black guy. Right, right. Yeah,
1: he's got dreads. How
0: would you think the actors did?
1: Oh boy. Um, I mean, I think they did okay. Um. I I think I like uh, James McAvoy as Xavier and uh, Michael Fassbender as Magneto, um, but I don't know Jennifer Lawrence is I think she's a, an okay actress. She's
0: but been over these films for pretty much all of these films.
1: Yeah, and and I just didn't really totally believe like the things that she said in this in this film and. She, you know, are are we doing spoilers yet or No. Not? Okay. You
0: just really want to talk spoilers. Uh, sorry. The sooner we get done with non-spoilers, yeah, all right. you can have your dessert. So she, eat your peas.
1: She says something to Nicholas Holt, you know, that could be a huge change for both of them. And she doesn't seem like super earnest about it no. or like she there's any urgency behind it. And it seems like something that needs urgency. Yeah. Um, So I didn't... I know, I just didn't really believe her, been. and and Nicholas Holt, um, he, uh, I, don't I felt know. that he
0: kind of woke up for this one a little, a bit. little bit, yeah, okay. I've,
1: Although they I've... did direct him to now, now you're in beast mode, so you're just growling <laughs> and like scraping at things.
0: Yeah, that's their interpretation of uh, of the Hank McCoy, which is a guy weird. who is uh. I think I yeah. Anyway, uh, who is uh, defined by the fact that he looks like a monster and he's right. like, uh, I sure love tea. You know, like he's he's not. Oh my stars and garters. Yes, he is not a monster. No. And sometimes they play with that. Joss Whedon did a thing where because I think Joss Whedon's really creative, but he will not, he will he will never fail to give everybody something to do. Mm-hmm. And since Beast is is a perfect character in my opinion already. Uh, he decided to give him a thing where Beast is... Actually, he was going off of Grant Morrison. Hi, everybody. Welcome to the Just Enough Trump
1: podcast.
0: (laughs) Uh, We talk about comics and movies, and sometimes we talk about comic movies, and the shows are three hours long. Right. But I'll try to get through this. Uh, Grant Morrison did a thing where he also wanted to give everybody something to do, and so he gave some mutants secondary mutations where their mutations sort of, like, continued to advance or whatever. And so Hank's thing is he went from a guy who's just a guy who has big prehensile feet and, like, fangs, but otherwise looks like a human being. Right. Uh, and that he... Uh, accident, you know, a genetic accident gone wrong gave him gave him blue fur. Right. Well, Grant Morrison tied that all into, like, he's got this, like, animalistic mutation that is, like, continuing. So he evolves into, like, a cat-type beast. Sure. Uh, and that goes farther. He actually becomes, like, a weird bug-eyed beast later, but we won't even go into that. Uh, and so... In that, we put on top of that, sometimes he loses his humanity and becomes more feral.
1: Well, that's an interesting choice.
0: Yeah, but they just, they've never discussed that. They just skipped right to, oh, guy's got uh, his hair. He's uh, clearly a beast. Right. So yeah, instead of like doing like, if there's a problem with Gene, yo, he'll solve it. Check out the lab while... Hank is involved in it. Right. Like he would make some serum or something to help Mm -hmm. the Phoenix, but instead he's just like, I have four PhDs. Well, and he's.
1: But you know, it gave Nick
0: something to do. I
1: guess. His his instincts seem very basic in this. They don't seem as a basic Yeah. They don't seem as. Yeah, exactly.
0: You stay basic.
1: Yes. They did not seem as evolved as they probably should be seeing that he's an accomplished scientist. I'm not a huge
0: McAvoy fan, but I thought he was kind of bringing it in this one. Yep. I think he was doing okay. Mm-hmm. Fassbender's just, you know, he's another guy who's just kind of there. I'm not saying he's the male Jennifer Lawrence, but he can, definitely can just go, okay, set myself to concerned look and let's get through this.
1: Right. Jessica um, Chastain? Yeah. What a waste. You, you think it was a waste? She's so
0: talented. She is. And they made her a character who is like, I am a robot.
1: She's kind of blank. Yes. Yeah. Um. She
0: went full thorough, though, and, and dyed her eyebrows.
1: Yeah, that's true.
0: She's very, very pale, sort mm-hmm. of willowy. And then when you give her that, like, Edgar Winter hair and you bleach her eyebrows. Right. She just looks like, I mean, they were definitely do it. like, they gave her, like, She's not an albino, but I think right. that they were going for albino looks so they give her like the sort of red rimmed eyes and stuff like that, and she just mm-hmm. looked she looked really weird. Right. But um yeah, nothing going on as far as the character is concerned.
1: No. Uh I think Sophie Turner did a pretty good job.
0: Yeah. I didn't think that she was like Oscar caliber. No. But I would have wanted to see where she took the character if these movies were going to go on, but we know right. they are not, of course. Yeah. And we'll talk about, at the end of this segment, past spo- in our spoiler section, what we think is coming up for the X-Men. Yes. Any last thoughts before we flip over into spoiler world?
1: Um, I think the actress who did Storm, I think she did a good job, too, but I mean, they didn't really give her yeah, a that's lot a, to mm-hmm. do. that's
0: another one. She was Alexander Ship. She was in Love, Simon, too. Yes. Um, she, yeah, she's somebody else who it's like, She's, so, she's okay but you know i'd like to see where where she takes it yeah I'd like i'd will. like
1: to see more of a challenge for her um the kid who played cyclops was just kind of no, there it just a um yeah so
0: he was a real Matt mickelson can't play yeah. a role without something happening to his eyes his eyes getting effed up yes ty Sheridan is just gonna wear a visor and everything that he does right <laughs> i
1: guess yep exactly
0: um, anyway, uh, I a lot of people had the powers to control things, flying around, metal objects, yes. whatever. The power to control masonry would be a great mutant power. Mm-hmm. Every time somebody gets knocked into something or they fall over, a shower of plaster fragments thrown th- from a shovel, but from by a PA <laughs> out of shot lands right. on them. And I thought, what if you could? What if there was a character that could take all those masonry bits and then shoot them at people? Yeah. We call him Stucco. There you go. (laughs) Stucco, use your powers to help us. Thumbs up, thumbs down. Um, Recommend.
1: I'm going to do thumb at the side. You can't do that. I'm going to say a maybe. I'm going to say if you're a completionist, go see it. If not, (laughs) uh, maybe skip it.
0: If you're a self-flagellist, check it out.
1: Yes. Exactly. What I, do you think?
0: I can't. I, I speak for myself. Yes. You know, I'm that completionist, and I wanted to watch this series go out mm-hmm. in quote unquote style. Yes. And so I saw it. But I would not recommend this film. Okay. This is eminently missable.
1: Yes. I would, I would agree with that.
0: All right. Let's talk some spoilers.
1: Okay. So. Like you said, Jennifer Lawrence has kind of been checked out of these films for a long time. And within the film, she even talks to Hank. This is what I was alluding to before about about leaving the mansion, about not being a teacher for X-Men anymore.
0: Oh, you, oh, you thought that was subtext for like, Nick, we're way better than this. You're Tolkien, man. We got to get out of this series. And I, Nick Holt's yeah. like, no, no, I'm going to finish this movie. And then later on, he's yelling at James McAvoy and he's like... You smug son of a bitch. Uh, she tried to tell me to get out of this movie. Now I'm stuck wearing <laughs> this makeup. Answer me! <laughs>
1: Um, Yeah, kind of. I mean, I, I didn't know what they were going to go off and do, but, um, <laughs> you know, they were going gonna
0: gonna to go
1: be happy together, I guess. Um,
0: Making and, different films. Yeah,
1: and that, as you know, did not happen because Jean Grey accidentally, like, Kills Raymond.
0: Which, can I just point out, as far as this movie, so I felt like this movie overall betrayed the legacy of the earlier X Men films. Okay. Because the whole point was, you know, we, yeah, okay, we all know in our hearts that we shouldn't discriminate against people and we should accept people for their differences. Mm-hmm. But like the first two X Men films live that and like show us characters coming to that decision that they have worth as people. That's the button where the kid sticks his forked tongue out. Right. At Brian Cox, who's like, Wolverine, you're an animal. You'll always be an animal. I just wanted to use my Brian Cox as a William (laughs) Strecker impression. (laughs) And that's always been what it is. The the message of this movie is so muddled because it's treated as this huge tragedy that Raven dies. But her whole thing on her way out was... take care of yourself screw these people it doesn't matter and then she dies saying like we're a family we take care of each other yes. Well, which is it raven right right you wanted to run out on the family
1: that's very true
0: and then magneto's like i don't want any part of this anymore i don't want no part of that shit mm-hmm. and then at the end he's like well we need to have a cool sequence where i murder like just 300 people so i'm in everybody
1: right family
0: i don't want to kill anymore let's right. get killing right so it just doesn't it just portrays all that stuff. There's no beer in a kid's school. <laughs> and one of those things is the fact that. Do you remember the first X Men?
1: Um, it doesn't um, matter.
0: I'm asking the audience.
1: Vaguely. Yeah.
0: In that movie, Logan stops Mystique by stabbing her in the chest yes. with three claws. Right. At the end of the movie, we find out that she's okay. Yes. Because she makes herself look like a cop or something like that or a, or a museum guard and they presumably take her to the hospital and she's okay. Right. In this movie, she dies by getting stabbed with three things of wood yes. in her chest. Instantly dies.
1: And it looks like a claw. <laughs> well, kind of. Yeah. So. Which is it?
0: Death by contract.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I think that's Death it. by,
0: I don't want to be in this movie anymore.
1: Uh, I want to be in this movie as little as possible so this is what's going to happen.
0: Yeah. Um. In this movie, we are told that the X-Men are famous now it's 1992
1: yes and the president is calling upon yeah they have them. a
0: hotline too yes which is just like get me the x-men right exactly but that's such a superman 4 kind of thing where it's like isn't your whole thing that you're hated and feared now for this movie you've decided we want to set up that we've gotten over that and charles xavier right. is being feeded at you know dinners and things like that mm-hmm. and i guess his motivation is is that he likes the fame and the attention and his right. argument to raven is strong i think that it's like you, th- you call me an egomaniac but it's better than us being hunted and feared
1: right and i mean there is truth to that
0: yeah but otherwise they set up out of nowhere xavier as this like egomaniac yes who frankly after four films is something of a degenerate still yes like he gets hammered and, and like passes out on the couch Yeah, he does. They have him pointedly drinking in like you know many scenes. Like he He is—he
1: reaches for the hard liquor. He is
0: like dealing with something still, and it's like we did that before. Aren't you like seventy years old
1: now? (laughs) I I thought the idea
0: was is that you brought the X Men to this point by conquering your demons, but now we need some demons back. Apparently, and I know that these demons are the fact that he basically lied to Gene about yes. Um her parents being dead, her father is still alive. Right. And my thing is like, okay, that's a very um, recognizable, understandable bit, but you didn't X-Men in it all. What do you mean? Why didn't you? So she meets, oh, that's something else. Fox, Fox X-Men movies don't take characters seriously. They have characters that are two dimensional and serve a function. They should all be named device, Bob device, June device. Mm -hmm. And her father is one. Yeah, he is. Because the agree. point of um, Catalyst for Jean is that she finds her real father. Yes. Turns out he was just as happy to have her not be in his life anymore. Yes. And so now we have another plot coupon for her to like get, get mad upset. enough to attack the X-Men. Yes. But... You didn't X-Men that storyline. And I know we want Charles to be blameless because ultimately at the near the end of the film, that's what Jean brings Jean back from her evil ways is that she reads Charles's mind and realizes that it was a tough decision, but he did it to protect her. And in his memories, it's clear that her father was just out. He was just done. He was. He's a deadbeat dad. Yeah. Her her father sucks. Yes. Charles is her real father. Yes. Let's get to the end of this film. Right. But it's an X-Men movie. So why not have the father be terrified? Because he's barely survived this car accident. Mm -hmm. Apparently in this world, her parents knew that she had sort of like fire starter abilities, but they didn't understand them. And they didn't know what to do with it. So why not have him be in the hospital terrified of his own daughter? We could see a scene where, oh, we brought your daughter. And he's like, no, no, get her away from me. It's like, whoa, he's had some kind of break. Like, we don't know what's going on. Have Charles come in and basically get him to a point where in a moment of weakness he agrees to give his daughter away and mm-hmm. then Charles wipes his memory.
1: Oh yeah. With his that would have been cool. So yeah. that he
0: never remembered he had a daughter. Right. So, so that's then he Charles go doing longer. the right thing, but deserving the the hate and the death of Raven because of this mistake that he made that is yes. driving him in his older years to obliterate his mind with alcohol because right. he can't deal with the fact that he took a girl away from her father. Right. It, they, they put a nice spin on that in the film. Mm-hmm. So then Gene can go track down her real father and he's like, I don't know who you are. Who, who, I miss, who are you? Right. She uses her powers to zzz and dig into his mind and realize you, you left me and she misunderstands the moment. He's devastated because he now remembers, I gave my daughter, I've abandoned my child. Like he's given his daughter away. Right. All of this is like emotional weight. Right. that the film doesn't have because no. it doesn't care because no. fight on a train.
1: Well, and Choo-choo. And like you said, he, he really is I the father. movie. really is like a device because it as doesn't soon, matter. soon as Gene leaves, Jessica Chastain kills, kills shows him. up and she just kills him. <laughs> yeah, she kills him. Just like that. And I mean, what was the point of you coming to visit him? Just to kill him? Are you just covering your bases and tying up loose ends? You're like, ah, well, you're done now. Yeah. Bye-bye.
0: Uh, also, on the theme of like not respecting what's come before and like missing the point of the original films, there's a great scene in the first X-Men where Magneto has uh, incapacitated the X-Men. They're trapped in the torch of the Statue of Liberty. Right. This is pre-9-11. We had different ideas about symbolism. Yes. And he comes in to to, to gloat, and Cyclops is like, Storm, fry this guy's ass with a lightning bolt. And he's like... A lightning bolt in a copper structure. I thought you people lived in a school. <laughs> <laughs> Cut to yes. the finale of Dark Phoenix. We're all on this metal train, good yep. guys and bad guys. Storm, light them up. Woohoo! Zap, 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 zap,
1: zap. I know. <laughs> like, <laughs> you guys just don't care. No, Nobody they don't. cares about anything. Nobody cares. Have... There's, there's nobody minding the store.
0: We never even... Simon Kinberg is mining the store. Yeah. We never even talked about Cody Smith-McPhee as Nightcrawler because the movie doesn't care. Like his character no. is just so consequenceless. He never does anything. He's just there. Except for the their end. version of Kurt Wagner. Now, Kurt Wagner in the comics is not a shrinking violet right. or a shrinking blue. Uh, sure. He's Mr. Steel, Your Girl. Like, he is a swashbuckling, suave, debonair-like guy, uh, and their interpretation is going off of Alan Cummings' admittedly good performance, but a performance of a guy who is afraid of who he is, you know?
1: Right, which is very different.
0: So they have that in the two movies that he's been in, and at the end of this, he finally like finds his courage by grabbing a knife and just murkin' like six people.
1: And he also kills people with his tail.
0: He stabs somebody with his tail. Yes. Which if he became like, ah, and he like reached into somebody's chest and ripped their heart out, you'd be like, yeah. oh my God. Right. But his tail is like an appendage. It's an arm. Yes. And he stabs somebody in the throat with it.
1: I know. It's like the same thing. It is.
0: I thought that they, if they were going to make him go dark, he would go full uh, Age of Apocalypse and just like, why not teleport somebody but only part of them? So get on their shoulders, grab their head and just teleport their head but not their body. Done.
1: Yeah. Well, he does. In in
0: Extreme... No. Extreme? X-Men? I'm Hmm. bad. Extreme X-Force. In Uncanny Mm X-Force, he teleports a shark into Blob and the shark eats Blob from the inside. Gross. (laughs) That's really gross. But the point is is that that Kurt Wagner is from a universe, a dark universe. Right. So in our universe, he's like, yeah, am for a line, you know, but like when you see like this is how he could be.
1: Right. Well, in, in this film, he does teleport one of the alien ladies in front of the train and he leaves her there. Yeah. So she gets run over.
0: Yeah. The X-Men don't kill.
1: Yeah. Well, they do in this. That's
0: the that's the that's why you have a Wolverine because Wolverine will like Go stab berserker. six guys. Yeah. And then Cyclops like we don't do that, Logan. Right. We don't kill. Right. Unless it's the brood. We do kill people that are infected with the brood. <laughs> That's a different situation. We have exceptions to
1: the rule. Yes. <laughs> yes. Um, yeah.
0: Forest. Two forests. Two forests. Tra- this time, Simon Kim was like, I'm going to do one better. Train ride through a forest. I know. That's how this X-Men movie is going to end. Well,
1: here's something I, I, maybe you can help me understand. So after <laughs> this force or whatever goes inside of uh, Jean, um, they they come back to Earth and she's like, oh, I feel fine, Whatever. And then uh, Cyclops says, hey, the kids are calling you Phoenix. Why?
0: Because the movie's called Phoenix.
1: I know, but like, why did the kids name her Phoenix? And then at the end of the film, when she's fighting Jessica Chastain and she decides to take it to space, you see the um, energy or whatever, and it's in the form of a Phoenix. Now, did Jean make that happen? or did because the kids named her that then it just became a phoenix
0: nobody knows nobody cares
1: I care I want it to make sense yeah
0: me too Simon Kinberg doesn't know nor care Uh, at this point I think David S. Goyer could have done a better job with this. Yeah, I think Kimberton, you're probably right. I can't right. believe I'm saying that. Um, there were many... About that Phoenix thing and how yes. convenient it is because, ding, that's the movie's title. There are a lot of lines in this film. We know that there were a lot of reshoots in this film. Yes. And apparently the train sequence, which seemed very intensive like, from an effects perspective. Yeah, I think there was a lot Apparently that was on. not the original... That was all reshoots.
1: Well, there was a lot of stunt work on that, I would imagine. Yeah.
0: So I don't know what it was going to be before. Apparently, it was going to be in space before. I mean, the very end of it does end in space. But yeah. I don't know if they were going to do like a Blue Area of the Moon like comic thing.
1: I have no idea. Anyway,
0: Train in a Forest. But uh, there are a lot of elements to this film. Like there was one specific thing. Oh, that's right. So like she... Oh, we... <laughs> okay. These are all going to be one point. Okay. You were saying like, oh, they're all... Uh, Disappearing, kind of dusty. That uh, yeah, like Infinity familiar. War. Yeah, you yeah. got that. You have a very specific attack from Jessica Chastain's character, who's like, "Your emotions make you weak, Carol." I mean, Jean.
1: Right. <laughs> it's like that was a
0: big thing in Captain Marvel. Yes. Are they literally just ripping things off? Because kind of seems like it. Yeah. So, they have this end uh, the the train fight, and then the the train crashes. Yes. And. Now they're fighting in a field of rubble with a mm-hmm. clear space in the middle. Yes, like the end of the last one. Yep, like the end of the one before that. Yep, like the end of every single movie. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like that's all they know how to do. I know.
1: Um, also one thing that I found confusing. But, oh, sorry, but the the oh, go final, ahead.
0: sorry, the final point of that was there were a lot of just blatantly like 80-yard lines or reshoots yes. to keep the story on track. Yes, so. Jessica Chastain wants to take the power from Gene. Yes. and the phoenix in this is not Gene's subconscious. It's kind of... It's a uh, interstellar force. Mm-hmm. Represented by a cloud. What is it with you and clouds, Fox? Yeah, I know. You don't know what to make a thing, so it's a cloud. Mm-hmm. But anyway, it goes into Jean. She can kind of control it because she's already this super mutant that phoenixed in the last film? But I that was... Shouldn't they be calling her Phoenix because she killed Apocalypse by turning into like a big firebird? I I don't know. Anyway, the original point. So Jessica Chastain can also take the juice. Mm -hmm. So now they're going to have a juice fight. Yes. But she can't take it all. So Phoenix is like, you want it? You got it. And she's just going to like blow her up with the power. Right. But people who are close to it, like Cyclops gets close and his hand starts to disappear. Yes. We understand what's happening. I get this. She already did that to Xavier in X-Men 3. She, like, dusted him, basically. Mm-hmm. But there's a line that we never see Jessica Chastain's mouth move yeah. where she's like, if you destroy me, you'll destroy them. Yeah, I got it. Right, right. I, ha- I know, movie.
1: It's very heavy-handed. Yeah. Um, well, and and just going off of what you just said... Um, so Jean starts to give Jessica Chastain's character um, the the juice, like, willingly. And then they're like, oh, it's going to kill Jean. we got to get her to separate. And then they separate. And so Jessica Chastain has some of the juice, but not all of the juice. And Jean has some of the juice, but she's still as powerful as she was before. And it, it just doesn't, it's not clear to me, like, how much juice either of them have. Yeah. And then, like, they fight each other over the juice at the end. And yeah. then she's over able to overpower Jessica Chastain's character and just explodes them both.
0: Yeah. This movie wants to say that teamwork and family will get you through. That's the real power. But it's not. It's might makes right, basically. It's mm-hmm. just Jean is special. There's the kind of connecting uh, VO, like, runner with, like, ev- that name checks evolution, like... Evolution, mutation, like you know, the first film. They they keep trying to refer back to the first film, but they don't get what made the first film good. Mm -hmm. And so she's just the best because she was born that way. And you know, she makes a lot of people go to sleep, but never tries to make the aliens go to sleep.
1: Right? right.
0: (laughs) What if they all went to sleep? Yeah, just go sleep. Yeah, yeah. It's dumb. Um, I don't like this. Yeah, so it's like I think if they're trying to set up these like yes queen moments, but you're just like yes queen. Maybe yeah. it should be called the X Women.
1: Yeah, thanks, Taylor Lawrence.
0: I I both love and hate that studios are getting "quote unquote" woke now. Yeah, I know. Because we're we're looking at a lot more moments like that. Yeah, going forward. Yes. Sadly. Yeah. Um, what a blessing! What, what a blessing that we live in a time where you can walk out of an X Men movie and go, "Yeah, wasn't that great?" <laughs> it used to be yeah. good or bad. It's what we had. Yeah. And, I remember watching and, Batman and Robin and thinking, "Okay, all right." been <laughs> crying.
1: Do I have later to on. like this because crying myself to movie? sleep? Yeah, exactly.
0: Dazzler's in this for who's got the the mat on for Dazzler? I, I know. And who also realizes that that's not going to be a thing, right? And so they don't really have Dazzler, right? Because they keep trying to wedge her into these things, yes, but not in any significant way. So no. why keep doing it? I, I don't know. Reportedly, they wanted Taylor Swift to play Dazzler in a like cameo in um x-men the the previous x-men
1: oh well i guess that she probably would have had a bigger role if that were the case
0: yeah i feel bad for helston sage who we don't know why she left the orville but it might have been because oh i've got an x-men role and then literally no lines
1: no she just sings
0: no she doesn't
1: oh she doesn't (laughs) she She lip (laughs) syncs even better so yeah she's just at a party rock
0: and rave yeah at a junior high
1: in a forest (laughs)
0: <laughs> there's three forests!
1: Yes. Yes, there are.
0: <laughs> yeah, this, it's, it, it's, I, I wonder what this, well, it wouldn't be any good, but I wonder what this would be like if it wasn't the movie, the, the lame duck X Men movie. Yeah, I know. And there's a funny thing that has to be a, a reference, a joke, but at some point in, like in all these movies, a bunch of guys with guns can somehow stop the X Men. Right. Show up to take out the X-Men. This movie loves the military more than the Transformers love the military. Yeah, I know. Shouldn't it just be, no, you guys, no, you can't do this. Yeah, It's one thing if it's a bunch of kids who can't control their powers, but you're dealing with the 40-year-old X-Men. Yes. (laughs) So anyway, a bunch of guys manage to capture them and take them away on this train. They're kidnapping the X-Men. Yeah. On their suits... MCU. I know. I'm sure it refers to the mutant control unit or something, but I was like, the MCU is kidnapping the (laughs) X-Men. I'm like, go faster, train. Go faster. Get to your destination. Quick.
1: I know. It's kind of funny. Uh, I mean, I I hope that in our future we have some good X-Men movies from Marvel. That's what I hope. Well,
0: let's talk about that. Yeah. Okay. Oh, first of all, I guess we already talked about recommend, but it's just be honest worth it yeah i, I actually thought I, it was better than apocalypse
1: i kind of felt that way too and it's
0: not long no it's not it takes a while to get going we criticize the fighting but they're they're trying there are some good they actually get like charles in there so they're all like doing teamwork and he's yes. zapping somebody and then the beast kicks him or whatever and they you know there i saw some shades of some stuff that the train things okay
1: yeah it was it was it was not bad
0: i mean I, this movie makes you excited about murder i don't feel comfortable being excited right, about murder but right. Magneto will murder some people he does and it's pretty great
1: it's pretty funny <laughs> yeah there were some parts yeah. where
0: i was like oh yeah 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 yeah." oh never see this again yeah i know this is it yep drink it in
1: yep exactly
0: uh did you you didn't give me your opinion that i asked for
1: oh um i say if you're a completionist go see it <laughs> you said that before i know All right yeah that's just how i feel Get that power
0: to control masonry. We're all set. Right. Exactly. Chips chips of plaster. (laughs) Plaster man. Um, Yeah. So presumably the X-Men will eventually appear. Yes. In the MCU. Yes. Once that train arrives Mm -hmm. at Disney headquarters. Yes. (laughs) And uh, I thought we would go over what we would like to see out of some future X-Men films.
1: Oh, okay. Um. I guess I'd like to see a better story for Gene um, because this is now their second attempt. And uh, I don't a- think. Oh, that's. That- a- I
0: think like, Last Stand might be better than this. Oh, boy. People okay. say, like, I well, just can't get the Dark Phoenix movie right. You can't, but I think Last Stand might be a better movie than this. Oh,
1: boy. Okay. I
0: never thought I would say that.
1: I- I'm just saying.
0: Brett Ratner. Made a better movie, yeah. Than I don't Simon know how Timber. I feel about that. Yeah.
1: Um. I. I think that. Um. It. Uh. I. I just think that they've been disappointing, and I. I think that. Uh. It is one of, if not the most, um, celebrated storylines in X Men history. Yeah. And, and it's just a shame if you can't get it right.
0: Yeah. Both movies have missed the idea that. It's a story about dealing with your sort of dark impulses. Right. Like the they kind of have that in last stand, although Jean's always in those movies, Jean's, you know, an important member of the team. She's like a forty year old woman, so if you haven't figured right. it out by now. Um, but there's like maybe something in her that is unchecked or something. And this one is literally space cloud. Drives you crazy. Right, so right. So Jean's not responsible for anything. No. Also, she acts out a little because she's, her whole life has been a lie. Yes, her father's so, still kind alive. of on her side. Yeah. Like, sorry, Jen, but uh, maybe you needed to go. But the comic book one, and the, you have to kind of have a modern reading of it, because this was like, you know, the early 80s or whatever. Mm-hmm. So it's, uh, Chris Claremont is a great writer who I think definitely if he was allowed to or was writing like books or something like that, he could do a lot of things, but it's a comic book for kids. So he has to sort of couch things in certain terms or not explore things fully. But in the original dark Phoenix storyline, you know, Jean has got a pretty good life. She's, you know, always been sort of the weakest, you know, the strongest, but the weakest, she was the girl on the X-Men. Right. So a lot of getting coffee and stuff like that. Mm. And now she's got this life where, you know, later on there's, They're not the teens anymore. The New Mutants are the teens. So they are in their 20s and she's going to get married to Cyclops. And you get the feeling that this is, you know, right at the time of women's liberation and stuff like that. And maybe she's questioning if she's gotten the full life that she wants to live. Mm -hmm. And you've got Mastermind who controls her by showing her these visions in which she's having this victorian sort of sweeping romance life you know uh, a pirate she's a pirate or something like that and she never says out loud like i'm tired of having sex with scott right (laughs) but you get the idea that like yeah you take a woman and you repress her for a long time maybe she's going to want something more and maybe it's subconscious and she can't admit it to herself Mm -hmm. so that's always there then you infect her with this amazing incredible power which does have a mind of its own and has a uh, destructive urge to it you combine those two things and now it's like the sexist way to look at it is hell hath no fury but the sort of modern way to look at it is you keep this woman down for all these years and then suddenly you give her a bazooka that could blow up the world what's going to happen right and that sort of comes out, and of course, she has a redemptive end because she sacrifices herself, you know, to save everyone. But that's kind of like what it explores, right? And so, the problem is, is that you have to lay the groundwork for that in previous movies; mm-hmm. otherwise, it's just Jean's like, yeah, I'm fun, I'm, yeah, I'm just an x man, yep, it up. Oh no, a cloud, kill everyone, right? It, th- it's not motivated at no, all. No, it's not. So I agree with you in that I would like to see more for Jean simply because it's good to have a three three dimensional rounded character. Yes. But also because if you lay those little frustrations, you know, in, it makes more sense when suddenly she's given like unlimited power. Yeah. And I doesn't agree. know what to do with it. Yeah. I would like to see the high evolutionary. Okay. You know? We've talked about this before, but he's a he's a really important character to a lot of other characters and settings in the Marvel universe, but he's never had the cachet of a Kang or a Dr. Doom or, or you know, the big name villains. And he ties in very closely to the Avengers and the X-Men. Uh, he's actually like a good bridge character, I think. We know the Avengers in the MCU. We don't know the X-Men yet. So, yeah, clearly we're going to do a Magneto thing. Right. But, yeah, I say set set up the high evol- evolutionary. We need something going forward. And I think that he could be really important. Plus, this whole thing is like evolution mutation
1: sure absolutely um i would like to see more of kitty pride because she's one of my favorite x-men characters and i think that she was underutilized and i think it was the last film um and just does not show up again um
0: um days of future past
1: well yeah days of future past um but i think she's a very interesting character and i know when joss whedon did his run of x-men um she was the the kind of like protagonist for that Um, but I think she you know her being able to phase through things and everything it's it's an interesting power but she has a lot of um, you know insecurities as well and then like kind of exploring her not really oh you don't think so
0: (laughs) (laughs) okay yeah she does because she's young and she's surrounded by like these amazing mutants who have right trained since they were her age you right. know to be good at what they do but she's uh she's a little firebrand
1: she's spicy yeah
0: she boy when she learns the n word watch out
1: what <laughs> there's <laughs> you don't know about this I don't think I do there, so
0: the the metaphor of the x men has always been and stan lee's like oh, I always meant to do this but like in 1963 or whatever you weren't really going to like pre-civil rights movement you weren't going to say like these mutants represent black people like you weren't right you know you kind of retconned that a little bit although that might have been on your mind when you and kirby created them but once the 80s roll around and we've already been through like the civil rights movement and like the protest movement and everything claremont steps up and goes well, what are we doing let's just make this metaphor manifest and so the x-men get involved in a lot of you know sort of racial issues and crises and like the metaphor becomes more manifest about it and there's a couple different issues where they end up speaking out for the rights of mutants, but also um, you know, blacks and other races and stuff like that. And Kitty <laughs> Kitty's like, makes a few impassioned speeches about how, like, you call us a mutie, you know, but and you're discriminating against us. Well, would you call us a, a WAP or a... Or a K word for Jews or an N word for black people. Only she didn't say K word. She didn't say oh, But my apparently goodness. it's okay to say WAP. I apologize to Italians. Um <laughs> and she wow. means it it but it's like it's I think it's perfect it's like this thing that like a young, you know, socially conscious uh s seventeen year old Twitter user would do, but then get like blocked for a month because they use the N word.
1: Right. That's so weird. Um okay. That wears me out a little well, bit. Well, I shouldn't have said anything because that brought you to a she's, halt. She's still like one of my favorite characters. I'm going to say <laughs> regardless of that. But
0: it's it's her passion that, that inspired it. She's, right. She's serious about this stuff.
1: Well, and I'd like to see more too about her kind of on again, off again relationship with Colossus because I think that's kind of interesting as well.
0: Um, mm-hmm. I would like to eliminate the problematic aspects of that.
1: Well, yeah. I agree with you. Um, but uh, yeah.
0: Because she's not legal.
1: Oh, right. Yeah, I would like to um, work on that as well. Give
0: you my take. Okay. We need to find an Emma Watson for this. Sure. Let me tell you what I mean. We need to find a kid actor who's great as a kid and will grow up, because you know we're going to do another 10 years of these, and will grow up to be a great um, young adult actor. Right. That way we start her off, not too young, but start off 15, 16. And we go full Logan protege. Mm-mm. So you've got like a Wolverine and Kitty Pride maybe yeah. a movie you can do. Mm-hmm. Sure. Why is this guy hanging out with a kid? They are very talented writers. They'll figure it out. Right. And then eventually she can become full fledged member of the team. Um, Kitty Pride agents of shield would be really great. I'm still mad that they didn't like have Kitty Pride agents of shield right on the shield show.
1: Yeah. What What about um. The actress who's on uh, Stranger Things playing Kitty Pride. Yeah. No? No, I'm tired of her. Oh, okay. <laughs> All right. Never mind then.
0: Although probably a good pick though. Okay. Um, I would like to see the Australian saga. Okay. When the X-Men go to Australia. Okay. Maybe this is your second movie. Maybe this is your third movie, depending on how far you want to go. They, ooh, there you go. Okay. I want the whole deal. I want them fighting... I want Forge. Uh, I don't know. He can't be a non-vet at this point because he'd be a million years old. So right. just say, um, I don't know. Ooh, you could change it. Well, is this racist? I don't know. Yo, is this racist? I don't know. What if he, instead of, no, because he's still doing like Indian, sorry, Native American shamanistic stuff. So anyway, I want Forge. I want him to be part sorcerer. You get the adversary, which is a demon. Oh, you get that means you get like Roma and Merlin too. And Captain Britain, and you get the whole uh, Marvel Multiverse thing going on. Okay. But anyway, the X-Men all die, or appear to die, destroying this demon adversary in, the, in Dallas. And then they decide, we're pretty hot right now. like Everybody's after us, so let's pretend we're dead. We'll move to Australia and live in the outback. And a weird guy named Gateway will create portals to send us places where we need to go there. okay. And then you've got just a bunch of weird adventures. So that's when the Dark Phoenix thing starts starts boiling over. Um, that's when they meet Jubilee. That's when um, they really start messing around with the Reavers. Uh, I want to see the Reavers. I just want them to go to the comic books like they did with right. like MCU did with the Avengers. Right. Take it. Just looking at the comic books because we didn't even talk about this, but the Debari, the aliens that Jessica Chastain yes. is, are from the comics. But it is so. It just it's very uh, side sideline to, yes. to any real thing, right? They're, they have two claims to fame. They were in like issue number three of the Avengers, mm-hmm. and they were in the first issue of the Dark Phoenix. They are the planet that Jean Grey destroys, right? And murders their entire race, and kind of gets like the Shi'ar onto onto her. Um, they're not important in any way, no. except just as cinders <laughs> that, mm-hmm. that the Phoenix creates. Um, and I wonder how that's, I guess that's their X-Men characters, but they first appeared in Avengers. Mm-hmm. So how did Fox even get away with using them?
1: I don't know. Maybe it's something that they changed and reshoots like you suggested.
0: This is our, okay. So anyway, good, good, uh, good wants, good looking forward. We'll yeah. stop that now and then give our crackpot theory and then get out of here. Okay. I think Jessica Chastain was supposed to be a scroll.
1: Yeah. I, I kind of like. They kind, the aliens kind of had a scroll like feel about them. Yeah. Like they were shapeshifters. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I I get that. And they were wrinkly too.
0: They weren't going to be bird people, although that would have been cool. Mm-hmm. They're wrinkly. <laughs> they weren't that wrinkly. I guess. This was being made concurrently with MCU films. Mm-hmm. And a lot of it was reshot. Yes. And a lot of it was ADR'd. Mm-hmm. So who cares if they're the debari or whatever right why reach for that also i think it's arguable as to who owns that crackpot theory was that was a consolation i Mm -hmm. doubt that the x-men fox people even know about the debari even care that much but we know that the mcu writers do know their history and so in a last stab at relevance fox creates a movie that they don't. Their Fantastic Four keeps failing, but they still own the Skrulls because of Fantastic Four. So they right. think intergalactic bad guys, the Skrulls, they shapeshift, come down, turn themselves into people like Jessica Chastain, mm-hmm. and then the talks start to get more real in between Marvel and uh, Fox, and they're like, mm. "So we're doing this thing with the Skrulls," and Marvel's like, "Whoa, whoa, whoa! No, no, no! We've got a movie coming out pretty soon that right. uses the Skrulls." Right. So tell you what. This, this deal is going to happen. You guys will give you the Debari, Change everything to the Dabari. It won't be Skrulls anymore. And then you can have your last film. And at this point, maybe the deal's not finalized. But it's like, you guys can still, we won't try to take your money for making that right. film. Right. But then it worked out that it was, that's the way it went anyway.
1: Hmm. Yes. Absolutely.
0: Plausible enough to be real.
1: Yeah. I would agree with you. Um. It's yeah uh it's it's disappointing i would say <laughs> many
0: many things are disappointing yeah
1: i know especially about this film
0: yeah but, it's too bad
1: yeah um could have been better so
0: who's who's wolverine cast oh jeez. who's cyclops i who's gene
1: oh my goodness i don't know i'm terrible at casting things um uh, who would be a good wolverine I've heard a lot of people like rallying up behind Danny DeVito to be Wolverine, which is just kind of silly. To Guys, me.
0: if the short is all that matters to you, right? Daniel Radcliffe.
1: <laughs> okay, sure. I could kind of see it.
0: The kid's got range. He does. You pack eighty pounds. Give that guy some HGH. Yeah, right. You've got Wolverine.
1: Sure, okay.
0: Um, and uh, pitch his voice down. Yeah, right. In post. Yeah. I'm the best there is at what I do. <laughs> Maybe not. it work too good. Oh my goodness! I say, mess it up beyond what I can understand. I trust okay. you guys at this point. Don't I'm just give Marvel, me a bunch yeah. of white kids. Just f it up all the way. Yeah, go for it. Yeah. Cyclops is African American. Yeah. yeah, make Jean, uh, you know, an Indian woman, real Indian, not uh, Native American, or Native right. American. I don't care. Right. Mess it up. Give yeah. us a. Give us what Stanley. Definitely would have done if he had thought of it at the time.
1: No, I agree with you. I think that's a good idea.
0: What I do isn't very nice. (laughs) So that's it. We did it. It's been done. Mm -hmm. Uh, That is the end of our review. Such as it is of Dark Phoenix, yes, and the end of our um, sort of ad hoc show. Yeah, I think it's gone pretty good. I think so too. You um, got f- closer and then more far away from your mic as the show went on. Oh boy, but that's okay. Okay, I'm sorry doing about ha- that. handheld, so you're probably hearing a lot of a lot of me grabbing, grabbing up on the mic. <laughs> but otherwise, that went pretty good. So yeah, yeah,
1: our gorilla show went pretty well.
0: He's a beast, Diane. <laughs> that was the thing. He was always a gorilla.
1: Yes. He's basically a feet. gorilla man. Yeah. yeah. He's got the
0: feet and he's really big. He's a nerd with a PhD who plays football. That's pretty cool. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I,
1: I know. I know. No
0: good. Anyway, uh, man, looking forward to hopefully better movies in the future. Me and hopefully too. better shows in the future. Yes. Our technical issues will knock, knock be uh, ironed out by the next show. I so hope so. you don't so. have to worry about that. We'll be back with all the news that's fit to cast in the world of Disney entertainment and looks at... Some pretty cool stuff. What's coming up on the show? Um,
1: I think we are going to be talking about the HBO mini series Chernobyl.
0: hmm Yes. Chernobyl.
1: Chernobyl. Um it's sixteen thousand rankins. <laughs> There's no
0: graphite on the roof. <laughs> yeah, that kind of stuff.
1: Yes. Um, let's see. What else are we going to be talking about? I know there's something else that we're going to be talking about. See,
0: you remember life. and I don't, which is why I threw it to you. Um, I know we're talking about Spider-Man that's July 4th weekend.
1: Yes. Um I feel like there was something else that we were going to be talking well, about.
0: Well, if you remember uh, oh, while oh, I Oh, oh, oh. oh.
1: Um uh what uh Legion comes back oh, that's right. in yes. June sometime. So, speaking of X-Men. Yeah.
0: Going to be more of that stuff. Yeah a little bit later. Uh, Until then, you can find us on social media by going to Facebook and looking for Just Enough Trope and uh, Twitter as well at Just Mm -hmm. Enough Trope. Uh, You can find our show, Gorilla or No, on all your platforms, listening platforms of choice. Uh, Join us as we navigate along with you this new adventurous world of no more itunes i guess yeah but I don't know whatever what do. form apple podcasts take in the future we will be there on it so look for us subscribe to the show because that's how you get the show when it comes out it's all ready to go I'm not trying to rhyme but i do it all the time and also we uh give us a review we'd appreciate that yes. uh, because we need to know how you think we're doing uh, give us suggestions on social media what we should cover in the future got a couple um ideas for some long form shows i'm i mean You know, time. Clearly, they're all too long. But I mean, more of those sort of like deep dives into the uh, tropes and uh, sort of exegesis of the pop culture universe. Yes. So we'll be working on that in the future. Uh, Give us a a rating. That's probably the most important thing Mm -hmm. that we need from you. We need to know how you think we're doing. And um, that's how we get the feedback. That's how the algorithm knows. Right. Give these guys a little more juice here. Yes. Get these guys out to some more people. Yeah. They're doing a good job. Absolutely. So to that end, give us five just completely breakaway bottles of whiskey. <laughs> there's a scene, it's in the trailer where yes. Hank is confronting Xavier and Xavier is having his maker's mark or whatever. Right. And then Hank does the it's just cliche thing that's it. This movie, there's a... Space shuttle's got a problem, and they literally say, Houston, we have a problem. And it's like, what are you doing? What are you doing? <laughs> but anyway, there's that super cliched thing where he's like, tell me! And he, like, yeah, smashes the, the thing. But he yeah. doesn't knock the bottle off the table and it, like, hits the floor. The bottle just disintegrates. I know. Which means that it was never a real bottle. It was, like, sugar glass or whatever. Right, yes. But I guess you could, like, explain it as, you know, Hank is much more strong than you're, you're the average skinny Tolkien actor. right. So right. maybe that he just atomize the bottle by hitting it that hard or something <laughs> like that but yes. it just it's, it's cheap just like it the, is. just like everything else in the yeah
1: phone. absolutely it's really cheap it's very cheap.
0: No, I. But I need to talk to the president. Uh, you, this line will be closed from now on. Hang up. Dumb, dumb. <laughs> Hang up on the human atom bombs, basically.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: Uh, but they do. So uh, anyway, forget all that. Give us five stars, I guess, That's instead, right. and we'll appreciate it. Yeah, we'll be back next week to talk about Chernobyl. Yes. And until then, we're signing off. I'm your host, Caliban. I'm your co-host, Mikanhae. Keep the geek fires burning.